0: Tasks of meditation, practicing Dhamma, is how to make effort without building that around self view. Me trying to get somewhere, me trying to get something, me trying to get rid of my defilements, my scattered thoughts trying to become concentrated, trying to get insight, trying to become enlightened. Over and over again in his teachings, Lumpur Sumedha would say, it's not a matter of me doing something now to become enlightened in the future but being awake now. So that can seem as though no effort is appropriate. Does that mean we're supposed to just try to do nothing? How can you do nothing? Even that's a a doing in its own right. So it can be puzzling. The Buddha's teaching is a path of effort. It's a path of practice built around skillful making of choices, the application of energy. The seven factors of enlightenment, virya, energy is there, five spiritual faculties, Virya. energy is there, the eightfold path, we have right, a- right effort, right action, right speech, right livelihood. Doing is an intrinsic part of Buddhist practice, the Buddha's way. It's not a path of passivity. So we're not trying to do something now to become enlightened in the future. But rather, we're being awake now. But the mind can be awake to the application of effort. The mind can be aware of making skillful choices. The mind can be aware of being presented with the skillful and the unskillful, and choosing the skillful. It can be faced with the possibility of rousing effort, energy, or not. And it can choose to rouse effort, to rouse energy. The mind can make those choices, can set that direction. And it can do that without that being guided by self view without it being tied up with bhavatanna, vibhavatanna, the desire to become, the desire to get rid of. When we use expressions like, just be awake, be aware, it doesn't mean switch off or disengage. It doesn't mean to not act. To not choose. We can be awake to the mind making choices. We can be awake to the application of energy, effort, diligence. An expression like just be aware does not mean don't act. It means be aware of acting. And that awareness guides the choices of when it's appropriate to be forceful, when it's appropriate to be still, when it's appropriate to speak, when it's appropriate to be quiet, when it's appropriate to exert more muscular strength, and when it's appropriate to relax, soften, loosen, incline towards ease and relaxation this is a very central principle of dhamma practice it's a path of doing but a path of doing based on mindfulness and wisdom satipanya rather than doing based on the desire to become or the desire to get rid of. They can look very like each other. They can be like identical twins almost, but they are separate entities. When practice is guided by self-view, bhavatanna, vipavatanna, then the way that our our thoughts take shape is in I need to get rid of my defilements, I need more concentration. I need to get my thoughts to shut up. I should be more focused, more active, more diligent. I should, I should, I want, I shouldn't. All those eyes. I should, I would, I ought to, I shouldn't. That gives the mind the clue that the spiritual initiative, the call in the heart to to liberation, is being co-opted, taken over, hijacked by self-view. It's become a an ego-centred project. I want to become enlightened. I need to get more concentration. I want to be a better monk. I speak from a a lot of experience in this uh, since I was for years and years thoroughly motivated by self-view in terms of diligent practice. I was very, very keen, very focused, committed, but completely unaware of how much the sense of achievement was driving the efforts that were being made. The desire to succeed, the fear of failure, competing against other monastics. Umsumada even gave me a medal once. Monk of the Year award. With a little Buddha medallion, but it was shaped like a medal, like a military medal. He said, "Here, venerable, here's a medal for you. Monk of the Year. I didn't get the teaching at the time. <laughs> but, oh, he recognizes how special I am." So it's a bit of an embarrassing memory now, but uh, good for Dhamma talks. So it's not about getting a medal for being the Nun of the Year or Car of the Week. Champion Summoner of the Winter Retreat 2017. But we can Be aware of those self-centred tendencies. The way that self-view hijacks uh, efforts to develop concentration, insight, to develop wisdom. That's the great gift. Satipanya, mindfulness and wisdom, brings the capacity to know that I making and mind making, that self view trying to take over the spiritual initiative. It can be known, it can be recognized. I want, I should, uh, I am, I ought to. It can know that, feel that, sense the texture. The sensation of that, the felt sense of that, I and me and mine in the heart. It can know that, and then it can let go. Seeing the tension of that, the stressfulness, the limited, cramped, tight, and agitated quality that self view brings. Me is a prison. The eye is like a collection of prison bars fencing the heart in. And then the skill is to train the, the heart to practice based on mindfulness and wisdom. To develop right effort, samavayamo. Free from self-view, free from conceit, free from I and me and mine. We have the fourfold model that the Buddha spelled out for right effort. Sangvara, restraining the unwholesome from arising. Setting the intention to restrain the mind from moving towards greed, passion, aversion laziness, fear, and so on, sangvara, restraining the unwholesome tendencies. But if unwholesomeness has arisen, the mind moves towards a desire object, latches onto a, an attractive sight, a flavor, a physical sensation, a memory, an idea. If the unwholesome has already arisen, then pahana, as letting go is the appropriate effort to make. If the unwholesome has arisen, that can be recognized by the wisdom mind. This is unwholesome. This is the mind craving a sensually pleasing object, wanting to taste more, to see more, to own, to have. To contend against, to hate, to resent, to blame. It's your fault. I'm suffering and it's your fault. You're the problem. If that's already arisen, the appropriate effort is pahana, letting go. That unwholesomeness is recognized by the wisdom faculty, the eye of wisdom, a panya chaku, recognizes it, knows it, sees it as unwholesome, and then the natural response is pahana, to let go. And there's the cultivation of the wholesome, guiding the attention towards concentration, simplicity, peacefulness. Atapi, diligence, alertness, mindfulness. To consciously bring into being the qualities of loving kindness, compassion, appreciative joy, equanimity. Again, the conscious cultivation of the wholesome is guided by mindfulness and wisdom. The wisdom faculty recognizes there's a, a need for greater focus. So the mind <coughs> moves towards developing concentration, recognizes a feeling of dullness or weariness. So it moves to the cultivation, the development of energy, alertness, heedfulness. Atapi Diligence. This is Bhavana development, the conscious cultivation of the wholesome. And then the last aspect of right effort, Samavayamu, maintaining Anurakana to sustain to maintain, the wholesome states that have already arisen, that are established, attitudes of kindness, clarity, peacefulness, wakefulness, the effort to sustain, to protect, to cherish, anurakana. Again, this is guided by mindfulness and wisdom, recognizing... This is wholesome, this is noble, this is beautiful. Keep it going. This is valuable, this is liberating, this is peaceful. Sustain it, nurture it, feed it. All of these aspects of right effort, vayamo. there doesn't need to be any sense of self, any I who's restraining fear and anger, I who's letting go of chattering thoughts or irritations. No I who's practicing compassion or loving-kindness, who's getting concentrated. No me who is the, the owner of this insight, this freedom, this clarity. Right Effort can be practiced completely without the intrusion of the self-view in any way, shape, or form. And when effort is made in that way, it's, it's really impressive, striking, how the effort is not tiring. The more there's me making effort, the more exhausting it is and the more the mind looks forward to not having to bother looking forward to not having to make the effort because it's such a chore. The less there is a sense of self involved in the making of effort, the less burdensome it is. Being energetic is not stressful. It's not a chore that we're waiting for to be over it's not like having to work and looking forward to the weekend looking forward to retirement it's a whole different way of relating to the application of energy the less of a sense of self there is you can recognize see know directly you're not waiting for it to be over the heart is alert, the energy is being applied, effort is being made, but no stress, no agitation is being created. It's a joyfulness, a freedom in it. It's an effort not tied to time. We can explore these. Look at the contrast for ourselves. When effort is made based on self-view, how does it feel? When effort is made free from self-view, how does it feel? Look, explore. Let the, the results of that exploration speak for themselves. We don't have to Tell ourselves this is more peaceful or delightful, enjoyable, easeful. The heart already knows it, can recognize it for itself.